Hello everyone and welcome back to the Women's Wellness Podcast and this week's episode is going to be on blood sugar levels. It's going to be a bit of a shorter episode um, but hopefully definitely something that you'll find useful. If you do hear any noise in the background I apologise it is my dog snoring. So we all need sugar in our blood to provide cells with energy. Insulin allows sugar, so uh, glucose, which is digested carbohydrates, into your bloodstream to enter cells where it's then used for energy. So there's approximately four grams of glucose in the bloodstream at all times. And glucose is also stored in our muscles and liver in the form of glycogen. In fasting individuals, it's maintained at a constant level by using glycogen stores in the liver and also the muscles as well. So glucose levels are usually lowest in the morning before the first meal of the day and rise after meals for an hour or two. If you don't have enough insulin, sugar stays in the blood and can damage blood vessels over a long time. And this can lead to diabetes or higher risks of developing it. So this high blood sugar is also called hyperglycemia. So this is when, like I said, you don't have enough insulin in the blood to draw that glucose out and into the cells. So instead that glucose stays in the bloodstream. And there are a variety of things that can trigger an increase in blood sugar. And this can include stress, illness, eating too much, uh, a lack of exercise, dehydration, over treating an episode of hypoglycemia, so low blood sugar, and also taking certain medications such as steroid medication. And signs of hyperglycemia include frequent urination, fatigue, dry, itchy skin, feeling thirsty, infections, eating more food, but not gaining as much weight as usual. So outside of treatments that the doctors usually give for this sort of um, for hyperglycemia, which, like I said, would be linked to diabetes, you need to focus your diet more on fruits, vegetables, lean proteins and whole grains. These are foods that are high in nutrition, like nutritious elements and fibre, and they're low in fat. In fact, the best eating for like the entire family can be based on that because there are elements of diabetes that can be hereditary as well. Sugary foods are okay, like once in a while, um, but they need to be like included within the meal plan so that you're able to regulate that blood sugar. And aerobic activity is also going to be really important because it lowers your blood sugar levels by moving sugar into your cells where it can then be used for energy because the body's got a demand for that energy. And physical activity also makes your blood, like your body, more sensitive to insulin, meaning that your body needs less insulin to transport sugar into the cells. So that's really important because then obviously the issue with when you do have diabetes or hyperglycemia is that there isn't enough insulin pulling that glucose into those cells and activity can actually do this and contribute to this and can make it 10 times better because your body becomes more sensitive to the insulin that it does have, which is really important. And you should aim for at least 30 minutes um, of moderate activity most days of the week. So minimum of about 150 minutes of activity across the whole week. And that's kind of like, that's the main things for hyperglycemia. But one thing that I do want to touch upon is hypoglycemia. So that's actually when you have low blood sugar. 
And the reason I'm touching upon this is because it's something that I have experienced myself. It's something that um, some of my clients and my family have also experienced. And I don't feel like there's enough really said about it because they only really say that hypoglycemia can be like rare and it's linked to like diabetes when in a different sense. But I feel like it's actually a little bit more common than people think. So this is when there's too little glucose left in the bloodstream to supply your body with energy. So if you don't eat enough foods, especially carbohydrates, because carbohydrates is what gives you that glucose, which is then what your body uses for that energy. You, there isn't enough in the blood for you to be using it as, phys, as for your energy. So for physical activity or for even concentrating. And in response to this, your body is going to release epinephrine, which is your fight or flight. It's essentially going to like drive that um, that body into a stressed state. This is going to increase your heart rate. It's going to cause sweating, shaking, anxiety, irritability, concentration problems, confused thinking and even slurred speech. I know I've experienced it sometimes when I'm out on a walk and I really struggle to concentrate. I get sweaty, especially in the chest area and my palms. It start, starts off as like a prickling feeling. It's like that prickly sort of sweating. Um, I definitely get irritable, but then it gets to the point where I'm like, I need to sit down because like I just can't focus on walking at the moment. And this has got a lot better since learning a little bit more about low blood sugar and also just trying out different things in that instance but I tend to take food on me when I go with when I go for a walk because even sometimes if I've eaten a meal before I go this can happen on such random occasions so I actually tend to take like a protein bar or a banana in my um, little bum bag whenever I go for like a longer walk because I don't know when it's going to hit and it can be recommended to eat Something like um, banana bread, like those little saurine things, also good to take with you. Fruit, yogurt, sweets, if it's like an, like an extreme case to the point where I've used this a lot of the time when like you just need that straight in source of glucose. Same with like glucose tablets and gels. And then you should eat your next meal as planned. So don't let those like snacks stop you from eating your meal at the time that you would usually eat it. Um and it can lead to sugar cravings, um, low mood, anxiety and low energy because your body is literally like, I need glucose in my body. So listen to it. And of course, yeah, low energy because you don't have that glucose in your body. So your body views blood sugar dysregulation as a stressor. So it, like I said, drives that cortisol. And if this happens time and time and time again without you addressing it, it can lead to things like hair loss, mood changes, um, cycle problems, because that anxiety, that cortisol is constantly going through your bloodstream and it can be influenced by sleep high amount of refined carbs and low diverse sources of protein so that's another reason why it's so important to get a good sleep routine in place um, trying to go to bed at the same time trying to wake up at the same time and not letting this be too disturbed at the weekends um, carbohydrate sources focusing more towards sweet potatoes um, quinoa whole grain pasta, whole grain rice, whole grain bread, things like that, oats and everything like that, rather than your, let's say, like white sources of white bread, um, white pasta, or thinking about like too many donuts and pastries and stuff like that that aren't giving your body the vitamins and minerals and fibre that you get from unrefined carbohydrates. And what I mean by low biodiverse sources of protein is protein 
all sources of protein have a different amount of um, availability of protein actually within them. So, for example, chicken breast has a lot of available protein because it's pretty much pure protein, whereas something like a pork sausage has got more carbohydrates, a little bit more fats. So it's got less availability of protein for the amount of calories that you're eating. So it's really important to have those really good, diverse sources of protein, the ones that are going to give you that good amount of protein that you're getting. So this can be your um, lean protein, so those chickens, whey protein, eggs, tofu, turkey rashers, um, yogurt. They're going to be really good sources of protein to get into your diet. So I felt like it's really important to touch upon this because if, if you have experienced this too and you've felt that like sweating and that confusion and that un unknown of what's happening and it generally feels like you're out of control of your body then you've got a bit more of an understanding from this of what's happening your body does not have enough energy within it to keep itself functioning and this could be regardless of when you had your most your like previous meal it could just depend on maybe the source of carbohydrate that you had was it enough to give your energy your body the energy that it needs so if you experience this, then spend some time thinking about the meals that you're having. Are they good, complete meals? Have they got a source of this um, protein, a good unrefined carbohydrates? Fats are also going to be important as well, because when you run out of those glucose from carbohydrates, your fats are then going to provide the energy that you need as well. So, so take some time to think about the meals that you're having. Um, and then if you need to take a snack out with you, just pop a little saurine banana bread or an actual banana or a protein bar or some sort of like glucose tablet or gel if it gets to that point just pop it in your bum bag and take it with you but slowly learning about how it's important for your meals to be complete to help with this hypoglycemia can be really important um and then yeah that, they're the main things and if you want to go into like the real details of it there is ev evidence to say that within your meals if you eat your veg first then your protein then your fats and then your carbs, then that, that can help. But that just seems tedious. And plus, I like to mix everything together. But like, feel know that you're not alone if you've experienced either hyperglycemia or hypoglycemia. And I hope that this has just given you a quick little bit of information as to what it kind of means and how you can help um, in those situations.